You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome in Thursday. It's two days away from uh, the big game coming up, Utah State, Alabama, Crimson Tide, plus other great college games getting started tonight. Uh, it's a slate of college football tonight, tomorrow night, and uh, all through the weekend as well. Our first week one, even though we had week zero last week, but a uh, big exciting weekend coming up and a lot to get into, a lot to talk about today on the show. Don't forget we are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. And uh, with his co-workers, friends, or families, we call it the bowling of this generation. You sit around, you get food, you drinks, you watch the great shots, some of the bad shots you can laugh at as well. And they do a lot of events out there for bachelor parties, birthday parties, bachelorette parties. They do a lot of charitable events for charities, like instead of doing the golf course thing where you raise money playing golf, come out there and you got all these different bays in order for a ton of corporations and people to play in. A lot of corporate events out there as well. Get out to Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see uh, all the folks there, Tony Russell and all the great folks there, Sunny King Ford, Oxford, 
Aniston on the sunny side of the street. All right, coming up at 1230, Clint Lamb will join us, an usual guest with us, Steve Irvine as well. We'll talk UAB football with him as they get ready to face off tonight at 630, or maybe 7, I think it is, 7 o'clock tonight, and uh, that'll be down at Protective Stadium against Alabama A&M. So a lot to get into. Alabama's first uh, home game coming up uh, when it, uh, as far as at home in Brian statement since 2011. And I found a great article uh, written by Bama Central's on uh, Chris Walsh, who's a, been a great guest on the show for many, many years. And uh, talking about the last time University of Alabama played and opened a season at Brian State. And there were four main storylines, he writes, heading into the game. Number one, junior college transfer Deron Carter was cleared academically, and the wide receiver was finally on the Crimson Tide roster. Of course, he never played a game for Alabama. Number two, Nick Saban had yet to announce a, a starter between sophomore A.J. McCarron and redshirt freshman Philip Sims, saying it's uh, out of fairness to both of them that, that, that both guys get an opportunity in this game. McCarron ended up being a three-year starter after that game. Barrett Jones moved to left tackle but would play in three different spots during the opener. He won the Outland Trophy at left tackle a year later. He moved to center and won the Remington Trophy. Number four is it was Alabama's first game after the April 27th tornadoes. And there were remembrances of a silent moment. Uh, thank you, ovations for emergency rescue workers. Ribbons strategically placed on helmets and on the field at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I remember all this. And the Crimson Tide subsequently dismembered Saban's alma mater, Kent State, 48-7. to The tornado recovery was obviously the most important thing that day, but it was also a transition point in Alabama's scheduling approach three years previous. The number four Crimson Tide had opened the 2008 season with an impressive win over number nine Clemson, 34-10, and the 2008 Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. So uh, since 2011, Lars, they have not played, and that was Kent State, his alma mater. And from there on, you look at, uh, what, 15 straight opening wins for the Crimson Tide. You look at the average uh, overall 15-0 and 0, uh, with the season openers in Alabama. The Crimson Tide has outscored its opponents six, uh, 610 to 176 in those games, outgained, uh, outgained the opposition uh, 6,658 yards to 3,273 yards, an average score of 40.67 to 11.7 in yards, differential of 443.9 per game to 218.2, giving up. Just one opponent managed to be within two touchdowns. That was West Virginia in 2014. Final score there, 33-23. to 23. But, man, what a uh, hard to believe it's been 11 years since Alabama's had a home opener. Uh, again, very exciting times. And, um, you know, just with all, all the changes that uh, are going to be taking place with alcohol sales and and uh, the, the pregame festivities, and you just think of how much just the campus has changed since the last time Alabama opened at home. Uh, you want to know how much it's changed? Sure. <laughs> Let's hear it. Oh, my first game was actually it was at Legion Field, but we're talking about 1975. It's, oh, well, we're uh, talking about 66,000. Yeah. And there was a lot of alcohol just not sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, since, since the last time Alabama. Since the last season opener. At, yeah, with Alabama at, at Bryant last, last season opener in, in, in yeah. Tuscaloosa. Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's it, 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 this is all part of an amazing 12 days that we have coming up. And it starts today. And it is hard to beat these 12 days if you are a football fan. Right. You have Thursday night college football opener. We got college football tonight. We have the first college football full Saturday. We have Sunday college football. We have Labor Day night college football. We have Thursday night NFL opener. We have college football week two. 
We have the first NFL Sunday, and we have the first NFL Monday night football. It is so hard to beat these 12 days because uh, there's so much college football and pro football jam-packed together. And also, it's, it's, uh, it's the freshness of a new season. Everybody is undefeated, unless you're Nebraska. Everybody's got a chance. <laughs> uh, and everybody... Uh, you know, just is, is feeling good about their team. And if you go and you listen closely to what Nick Saban has been saying, both in uh, his few press conferences, last few press conferences, his teleconference yesterday, he seems, Matt, as optimistic about this team as any I can remember. Lars, here's the deal. It, it's not unusual for him to occasionally heap praise, maybe even on a, on a position. But he's heaping praise over and over and over again. And I know we go, I can't remember if he's done this before. I can't remember if he's done that before. Jay, can you remember him being this positive this early in a football season? This early? Heck, it's before it's before their opener. Yeah, I mean, it's been, what, 15 years now. And, um, no, I mean, I really have I me. Mean, I, I don't remember him being, gosh, I don't know. I mean, especially very confident in the first team on both sides of the football. It feels like, you know, the depth is there. Uh, then you got um, you know Jaheim uh, Otis and 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 also uh, as far as Prentice Kobe Prentice the receiver and what he said about those guys you don't normally hear that type of praise even from Coach Saban but he's talked very highly about both those guys who get the start uh, coming up uh, this Saturday so this is something that you know is is out of the ordinary but I, I really think last year as he talked about was such a rebuild in a lot of different areas that people didn't maybe didn't pay attention to and, and and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying that your quarterback had not really played much. He had a chance to play the entire season last year, got even better as the year went on, ended up with almost five thousand yards, forty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. But also you had, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry getting a lot of depth there. You had Henry Toa Toa coming in as a transfer and, and really learning the system. Another guys up front who at that time were a little bit younger, but then, uh, you know, for them, you know, with the guys that uh, that they now had to replace on offense. So it's just a lot of different things that, that you have to overcome. And I, I feel like he just feels like that this team has played um, and practiced at a level with the process in mind throughout the offseason, spring practice. And Lars, the biggest thing is there's no distractions this year. You're not hearing uh, the guys, you know, the, the chirpers, uh, whether it be on social media or in the press or things being leaked out about certain players that are not happy or coaches aren't happy with them. Uh, that can be so frustrating. They have not had that. They've had tremendous leadership on both sides of the football. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not hearing about how NIL deals are tearing apart the locker room, and you're not hearing sort of anything uh, negative coming out of, uh, of of Tuscaloosa whatsoever. And I think that can be traced back to the leadership and uh, the fact that you have the best offensive player in the country who is extremely well-liked, extremely humble. Uh, it, it comes from a great family, and uh, you know he's taking care of his offensive linemen, I would assume so at least. Uh, and, you know, Bryce Young is just uh, in the middle of a storm. He is the calm. You know, he he's always just he, he is so calm. And it's almost like the uh, offense has taken on that identity. At least they did late last year, even when things started to go sideways. Uh, but with all the injuries and then on the other side of the ball, you have Will Anderson. The exact same sort of uh, calm uh, presence about him and uh, best defensive player in the country. So certainly it helps. And I've heard coaches say this a lot, Matt, that when your 
your best players are your hardest working players, it's like coaching becomes so much easier because everyone follows their lead. And in a sense, they don't want to let down the leaders. They don't want to let down Saban. We, we know that. Well, we know but that, it is, but they it don't want to let down Bryce almost and Almost as important yes. to not let down those two guys. Yes. And you're right. That has a domino effect down to the threes. Absolutely. And, and maybe further. But that's a, it's a great point, Lars. All right, uh, to get into yeah, today. So, yep, uh, yeah, uh, Clint Lamb's coming up at twelve thirty. We have Steve Irvine will be with us at one fifteen, and uh, again, Alabama getting ready for Utah State coming up on Saturday night. And uh, again, Alabama's game you can watch on the SEC Network, and uh, unless you're in Bryant Denny Stadium, watching it uh, coming up on Saturday night there in T Town. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. We got some uh, stuff to get into before we get to our guest. Not only some more Alabama news and notes for you, but also a little bit uh, as far as the NCAA modifying their portal rules and adding what they call transfer windows uh, for each sport, fall and winter and spring. So we'll tell you more about it coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. The two words we live by. The coach we follow. All right, blow the horn. Let's go. The famous call we love to hear. Touchdown, Alabama! It's good to be a Bama fan. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide kick off the 2022 season against the Utah State Aggies. Our coverage begins at 3.30 on your home for Alabama. Our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 92. Tonight fair with the low at 71. For tomorrow, partially sunny and more humid. A chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Anderson and uh, guys, uh, we've got uh, coming up. Uh, Clint Lamb's going to join us at twelve thirty, and also Steve Irvine will be with us at one fifteen. We'll preview UAB and Alabama and M coming up tonight down at Protective Stadium. NCAA board approves transfer portal windows, modernizes infractions process as well. The NCAA board of directors uh, yesterday adopted several measures. So the one is the windows. The other is that they're not going to allow transfers. Uh, unlimited times without penalty, which I think is great. I mean, I'm so glad they did not go down that path. I mean, just giving a kid a chance to transfer once 
without there being any type of uh, repercussions. Uh, that was a change-up. and something very new that was going to revolutionize the transfer portal. If you were to give them any year, any time, and, and you could transfer four or five times throughout your career, that would just made things so crazy in the transfer portal, even crazier than it is now. So I'm glad that they did not, which a lot of people thought it was rubber-stamped about three or four months ago, and it just has not gone through, and uh, thank God it has not. But uh, the transfer windows, how, how it's affected, and we'll go into effect in the time for 2022-2023 season. We'll allow uh, 60 days per year for athletes to enter the portal and maintain immediate eligibility for the first-time transfers. For fall sports like football, the period will be split into two periods. The first is a 45-day period or window that will start the day after the championship selections are made. So after the selections are made, they'll have 45 days in that period of time. A second window will be instituted uh, from May 1st to May 15th uh, so players can enter the transfer portal after spring camp. Now, spring sports like basketball would effectively have a reverse calendar, the first window lasting December 1st through 15th, and the second being a 45-day window that uh, starts the day after championship selections as well. For winter sports, the 60-day transfer window would be a continuous period that begins the day after championship selection. So the Division One Council endorsed proposed transfer periods in July, but later reviewed a handful of issues relating to the legislation, including impact of name, image, and likeness opportunities, and academic questions. So some of the news coming out of the NCAA, Lars, I'll we'll start with you. Your thoughts on all this. Well, I'm happy that uh, the transfer portal is closed for business officially <laughs> right now. There will be no transfer portal talk until the end of the season, uh, and that's good. And I'm definitely happy that uh, that the, the board – uh, the, the board of directors uh, shelved the proposal that would have allowed players to transfer unlimited times without with uh, without penalty, and so um, I'm 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 happy with everything they did. Um, I just uh, I, I I still Jay I'm a little bit on the fence of there not being any. Uh, that they, that kid that players can go and play right away, like I, I feel like there should be some sort of I don't want to use the word penalty, but there needs to be some sort of consequence for transferring, and I, I don't know what that should be. Um, and I know the the counter argument is well, coaches can do it all the time. They and they do do it all the time. They they hopscotch. They don't do school. it five times in two years though. That's true. That's true. Um, but, uh, I say all in all, this is a, a good thing. Um, and, and still, you know, uh, during the, um, the periods in which players can transfer, um, it will allow coaches to radically reshape their rosters if they so desire. And, yeah. um, and again, I, I think this, uh, the transfer portal, that's the number one thing. If you are a new coach coming in and you're trying to rebuild a program that, say, was 2-10 the year before, you can really make a dramatic change in year one because you're not just bringing in your first class of freshman recruits, who, by the way, you would be a little bit behind because of just the, the, the timeline mm-hmm. of recruiting, but... It, you can bring in up to you know twenty twenty five guys who could uh, who who could in theory become starters or, or major uh, contributors and and so I, the, and and I think uh, unintended consequence of all this is that coaches are going to have less time than ever 
to rebuild programs. Patients among boosters will be at an all-time low because of the transfer portal. That's just, I, I think that will eventually manifest itself. It hasn't yet necessarily, but I can see that coaches will no longer be given four years to rebuild a program. It'll be three. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's no, no, yeah, no doubt about that. And, and I think, too, the, 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 I don't mind the one-year or the one-time transfer with no penalty. I, I mean, I, I think now there could be some stipulations around it. I agree with that. So if a coach was to leave, your coach that you that recruited you uh, to your school, whether it be your position coach or your head coach, if coaches can move uh, that one time and they're leaving the program, then I think that you should have a choice to probably uh, step away from there. I, even the, I've never liked transferring anyway. I think you stick it out and compete. You've heard me talk about that many times over the years. Um, I'm just so happy they did not say, no, nope, hey, the, the portal's open uh, for, for 24-7, 365 for the next five years. You can get in and jump out anytime you want. And that was where it was headed. And I was just like, man, this is going to be horrible for uh, transfer portal management, <laughs> for the coaches who have to manage that, as well as just players thinking that they can just jump up and go. Now, the, the one-time transfer with no penalty, you know, Lars, maybe, maybe you make that a situation where, hey, you know, you get the one transfer with no penalty, but you got to make it within your first year, year and a half, two years. You know, if you don't transfer within that period of time, I mean, at least – that way, you're 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 creating some kind of stipulation where a guy can't just go. But then you're gonna you, unless you graduate, I guess, because they've always said you could transfer if you graduated, which is different. But um, Matt, there's a lot there. I mean, it really is. But I, I'm just so happy they're not gonna allow it just any time anywhere. Yeah, I like those restrictions. I agree with you, Jay, on the first time transfer. I think that's okay. That's that's equal, kind of like everybody's on the same playing field. What I, I didn't hear, and if I missed it, Jay, I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything talking about how how many times you can enter a transfer portal. I don't know how you limit that, but these guys that transfer three times in one year, that that's crazy. Don't, Jay, don't you think they have to put something on there? There's got to be a ceiling on how many times you transfer. I would think so. And um, the, the other thing is you get the one time without penalty. The next time if you transfer now, you have to sit out a year. And so there is a penalty there. And I don't know if that's that, that penalty is the way it used to I mean, when we were coming up, I think it was two years. If you transferred, you had to sit out. Um, and that was against your eligibility, or at least a year was against your eligibility. And then you may have like a red shirt that you can use uh, in order to uh, get back one of the years. But, um, yeah, I mean, they just opened this thing up to just too much uh, at one time. And, you know, I, I think, though, I, I like the way that you can move guys around. I mean, it's, I definitely like it because Alabama has benefited from it so much. So it's kind of given the blue bloods, the big schools. But, Lars, you know, you said we haven't really seen it yet. We haven't. I mean, think about if there's a group of players out there that got together and said, hey, let's all let's all go to, to USC next year. Let's transfer out. Let's all head out there. And we'll just be a you know a whole transfer group group of guys. We'll do an NIL deal, and we'll get a huge promotion. And, I mean, you got to be thinking that, that there's players and agents and parents and people thinking that way, even as we talk about it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, look, I, I don't think the NCAA uh, the board of directors is definitely is uh, necessarily done here. Uh, they did say that uh, look, they would need to study the graduation rates of the of the kids who go into the transfer portal before they consider uh, sort of what to do next. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Somebody's concerned about academics. <laughs> Apparently. 
Uh, it's well, you know, at least they wrote it. It's in just a, a good press thing to say in the article. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in the it's in the press release. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and now the NCAA is going to require schools to provide the incoming transfers with scholarships until that player completes their five year eligibility window, or until they complete their bachelor's degree, unless that player transfers again or turns pro. And then um, the NCAA is going to adopt new, more specific standards for athletes who do not meet the one-time transfer exception, uh, players on their second or third transfer. But as of right now, there is no one-time transfer exception, correct? Because uh, right now you can transfer as much as you want without uh, no, having just to, one time. Uh, just one time. Oh, it's just once. Okay, just once. Just one time. Yep. Okay, so they yeah. were trying to, propo- okay, they were trying well, to propose okay. it where you could transfer that was what was they were saying gonna be rubber stamped pretty quickly then over the last two months to three months it's kind of held off and everybody's like man this is gonna be a huge step so this this is good news from the uh, ncaa the other thing from the uh fbs commissioners uh frustrated with the leadership of the fbs commissioners that is the college football playoff board of managers meeting tomorrow with the goal of adopting an expanded playoff bracket as soon as 2020, uh, 2024 season, CBS Sports has learned the bracket would likely expand to 12 teams. We talked about before under the leading proposal, which was the original concept put in front of the stakeholders from the CFP working group in uh, June of 2021. The vote must be unanimous by the 11 members of the board. If enacted, expansion would likely triple access to the playoff from the current four teams. The 11-member board includes the university CEOs representing each of the 10 FBS conferences, plus Notre Dame President John Jenkins, Mississippi State President Mark Keenum. I uh, told ESPN earlier this year that presidential intervention could come as soon as next summer. Uh, so apparently the timeline has been moved up. If they get it unanimous, I mean, you're talking about 2024. If it's not unanimous, it could be pushed back to 2026 is uh, kind of what the, uh, the, the uh, everybody's saying could happen. But uh, getting to 12 teams going to be amazing. All right, we're going to get to Clint Lamb. He's going to be joining us talking Alabama Crimson Tide. Stay with us. We'll be back. We're live from ABX. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show with Lars Anderson and Matt Colton. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic 
Perfect in Wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to SiebelsCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at SiebelsCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Well, I started out down a dirty road. Started out. Hi, welcome back in and uh, team reporter. Insider on three sports covering Alabama football and uh, also the Bama on three show host, radio personality for Up Sports. That is Mr. Clint Lamb joining us, talking about uh, Alabama's matchup against Utah State coming up uh, on Saturday night from Bryant Denny Stadium. You can watch it on the SEC network. Clint, great to have you back on. I hope you had a great week so far. Absolutely. It's the first week of uh, what I'd call real college football, so I, I couldn't be more excited. I appreciate you guys having me on. Definitely. And we were talking earlier about Coach Saban. He's been very complimentary of this team, and especially a lot of the freshman guys are going to get a chance to not only play but start uh, in this first matchup against Utah State. Have you sensed that as well, that he's had a little bit different temperament about this team than maybe teams in the past? Yeah, and and I think that's what kind of tells you how good this Alabama team can be is in a lot of ways there's obviously things that Alabama needs to work on or needs to continue to work on. 
But if you think about it, you know, you know, granted, he's criticized the receivers after the first scrimmage, you know, in fall camp and said that they needed to get a little bit more consistent and kind of get their chemistry with Bryce Young down a little bit better. But you see or hear about a lot of improvement being made over the course of that next week. You would only assume that it's continued to get better or continue to move in the right direction. But a lot of his recent criticism has been towards, you know, the backup guys. And I do think that that is somewhat of a concern for Alabama. It's not that they don't have players who can, you know, uh, perform or, or, or talented guys. He's just looking for more consistency from some of the younger players. Because in the past, they've turned to talented guys, you know, in the national title game. They brought them in, and then they haven't performed great, right? Or they haven't performed on a consistent level enough to be able to help Alabama win football games. And so I think from a depth perspective, He's looking to get a little bit more of the Alabama standard when it comes to consistency, but I think he's very pleased with the way the first team units have been progressing, whether it be through summer. He was very complimentary of how they worked out and kind of changed their bodies and put a huge emphasis on that. And then, you know, I think he's been pleased with how they progressed throughout fall camp as well. So I think this is going to be a really good Alabama team, and I think Nick Saban knows it. But at the same time, he's not ever been one to come out and just, you know, completely, you know, act like they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, you know, I, I think he's handled it about the way that I would expect. But through his behaviors, I think you can kind of, you know, read between the lines and, and uh, you know, gather that he's pretty confident in this group. Clint, you have uh, an excellent piece out on uh, on3.com and Bama Insider about uh, just five players uh, to watch versus Utah State. Can you highlight uh, two or three of them and, and, and why why you are going to be paying particular attention to these guys? Absolutely. Well, I think the first one would, you know, is this Tyrion Arnold. And the reason that he was such an important player, really when you look at the cornerback group as a whole, I think they're all going to be worth monitoring because that, you know, position battle is not even close to being wrapped up. There's still, it's not just, you know, two guys that are battling it out. It's four players you know, maybe even five if you include Jacquez Robinson, but for two spots. Uh, really, it's probably four, but I would go ahead and throw Jacquez in there as well. But Arnold is the one that we haven't been able to see yet, right? We've seen, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry last year. We saw Kyrie Jackson, even though it was in, only in the college football playoffs, so haven't seen him a lot, but we've seen him in a live game situation. Uh, we've seen Eli Ricks, you know, in, in his two seasons at LSU. Tyrion Arnold hadn't gotten really any playing time. He's only been at Alabama one year, so I think – Finally getting a chance to see how he's progressed, making that transition from, you know, high school safety to college corner, I think is something that is worth watching. And I think that when you look at Utah State's offense, uh, you know, they had a very good rushing day against UConn. I think they have a couple of pretty good running backs there that could maybe cause some issues if Alabama's not careful. But I think Logan Bonner in that passing game is really where, you know, a lot of their success is going to come from this season. And when you have some uncertainty at the cornerback spots or, you know, you're still trying to work some things out, I think that that makes that a position that's certainly worth watching. But Tyrion Arnold would probably be the, the number one guy there as far as guys that I'll be paying attention to. And then, you know, I think that another one was Jameer Gibbs. And, you know, it's kind of when you look at how much success UConn had last week, Nathan Carter, I think, rushed for close to 200 yards, averaged almost 10 yards per carry. You know, you look at a guy like, you know, Jameer Gibbs, and you say, okay, I think he's going to be able to have a lot of success rushing the football or running the football. And then I think, you know, from a, just kind of trying to figure out where or how Bill O'Brien likes to use him as far as the, as a receiver out of the backfield, I'll also be wanting to watch that as well because 
you know, historically speaking, back, you know, from his time with the Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien has loved using, you know, those pass-catching running backs, Arian Foster, Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller, and then, of course, right before he got fired, the year before that he got uh, fired, he brought in, you know, an aging David Johnson, who was a great pass catcher for several seasons with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And so, you know, I think that watching Jameer Gibbs and how much he gets utilized out of the backfield in a game like this will be interesting. And then also seeing if they can move him around a little bit, maybe line him up in the slot, maybe get one of those other running backs like a Jason McClellan or a Roydell Williams on the field with him as well. I think that'll be very interesting. They might not be too revealing in what they do with uh, you know that road trip to Austin happening in week two, but that is uh, another player that I'll be certainly looking out for on Saturday as well. Clint, uh, nobody likes consistency more than Nick Saban. I mean, he eats the same thing for breakfast and lunch every day. Uh, for the first time, and somebody look it up real quick, in several, several years as far as my memory is concerned, both the OC and DC are returning. Uh, don't you think, I mean, obviously, it's kind of lame to just say, isn't that going to help? But in what ways do you think it's going to help? It absolutely is a huge uh, deal, you know, because I think for Bill O'Brien in particular, you know, when you look, when Alabama brings in a coordinator or an offensive coordinator, or I guess really it's both, but really with the offense, because Nick Saban's going to be running or having a hand in the defense, um, regardless of who's the coordinator, but especially in recent years, Alabama, when they brought in somebody, it's been, you know, we're not adjusting what we do for you. We're not adjusting to your offense. You're going to adjust to our offense. And so it's the offensive coordinator that's kind of put out of his comfort zone. Uh, we've seen how much that can affect people. I mean, if you look back, even a, a great offensive mind like Steve Sarkeesian, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons the year before, they had had Kyle Shanahan, who had had a ton of success with Matt Ryan. And, when they brought in Steve Sarkeesian, they said, hey, we don't want to change too much with Matt. Uh, he had a lot of success running Kyle Shanahan's system. You need to adjust what you do or what you're comfortable with. And if you remember back, I mean, he did not have a good first year. And things showed improvement year two. I still think there were some struggles and some inconsistencies. Injuries played a part with the Falcons that year as well. But my point here is that I think Bill O'Brien going into year two, he's going to be a lot more comfortable within you know, operating Alabama's offense. And he's got, you know, his quarterback back who is, you know, that's obviously the most important relationship on that side of the football as offensive coordinator or play caller and, and quarterback. So I think from that standpoint, it's certainly going to be beneficial. It's going to be beneficial whether you're talking about offensive or defensive players, just having that comfortability factor. You're not trying to get to know somebody. You know, the players are going to know what Bill, o or excuse me, what Pete Golding on defense is going to ask of them in certain situations. And I think, you know, that is important because it's not having to learn or adjust or, you know, get used to. And I, I certainly think that plays a role. And when you combine that with having, you know, the talent that Alabama is going to have on both sides of the football, I think that that is a, a huge factor in Alabama not only starting the year off, you know, well, but being able to sustain that throughout the year. Last year, there was some growing pains um, early on, and I think that you can avoid that when you have your both your coordinators coming back. Clint Lamb from Bama Insider, also on three media, joining us today here on this Thursday edition, getting ready for Alabama, Utah State. I want to go back to Terry and Arnold real quick, and, and just a real quick question answer on this. Uh, Terry, and if I remember, came out of Florida, right? And wasn't he a safety coming out of, out of high school? And, and I guess the, trend, the difference between playing safety and corner and having to make that adjustment in, in a year. 
Absolutely, yeah. He, he was a very good high school safety. I still think that his best position would be safety. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for one reason or another, Nick Saban in Alabama, maybe they don't disagree, but they just they have him at corner right now. They've had him there. And, you know, we'll see what ha- what happens once, uh, you know, Jordan Battle and DeMarco Helms both leave for the NFL. Maybe he does make that transition. I think it's going to be very dependent. But um, it is a huge difference between the two because, you know, at corner, and I've, I think I said this the last time I was on your show, just what's asked of those guys as far as being able to understand what the offense is doing, be, being able to react, and what your responsibilities are based off of what the offense is giving you, I think that that puts a lot of strain and pressure on Alabama's corners, and they don't have that safety help over the top in a majority of situations. They like to kind of play the numbers game and give themselves an advantage, especially against RPO styles of offense. It kind of helps in that area uh, not having to have your safeties help over the top. And so I think that it, there is a huge difference between the two positions. And I think that that's, you know, Terry Arnold was a very, very talented player. He was a five-star prospect for a reason. But he just had never really played corner. And I think it's very telling, you know, for him and his ability that he, you know, gets to Alabama. He does have to spend an entire year kind of making that transition. But I would say, considering he didn't have a ton of experience with it in high school, he made a pretty flawless transition. And now in year two, he's, I mean, this was a guy that going into fall camp, none of us were, were really talking about him too much as far as being a real competitor. We were, we thought it was going to be a three man race and he forced his way into that competition. And not only did he do that, he's leading the competition, or at least, you know, him and uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry are. And I think it's probably, you know, a, a real possibility that those are the two guys that you see out there for the first snap against Utah State on Saturday. And he certainly earned it. And from people that I've talked to, you know, I think that the new phrase nowadays is, you know, he's got that dog in him. Uh, Tyrion Arnold is the definition of that. And I think that that really helps Alabama's defense. It really bolsters the depth of that group there out uh, at cornerback. Last year at this time, uh, before game one, we didn't really know who was going to emerge as Bryce Young's top wide receiver. And clearly that became Jamison Williams. Who do you think it's going to be this year? We're kind of in the same boat. Uh, I- I'm leaning towards Jermaine Burton, but uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on that? When, when Alabama rolls into Austin in about uh, 10 days to play Texas, who, who do you think is uh, going to be the guy that uh, that that Bryce looks to when it's uh, you know third and six and needs needs to get seven yards. Well, you know, very quickly going back to Bill O'Brien, I mean, you got to think from his perspective. He didn't even know that uh, Jamison Williams was going to be exactly. What, did he really think he was going to be a Blitnikoff or, uh, or a runner-up? Did he think he was going to go for fifteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns? I think that that's something that he discovered. I mean, Jamison didn't get on campus until the summer. And then when they start figuring out what this guy can be, you start designing your offense around that guy. But it was kind of on the fly, which is another point towards, you know, Bill O'Brien and kind of, you know, he, he might be in a similar situation this year with the guys that they have because we don't exactly know. I've gone a majority of the offseason thinking early on you were probably going to see a very heavy dosage of Jermaine Burton, and he was going to be that number one guy by a long shot, kind of in the way that we were viewing John Mechie last year. Um, and then, of course, you know, Jameson Williams emerges. But as we've continued to progress through the offseason, I've kind of pulled back on that a little bit because you've had the emergence of Trayshawn Holden, and he seems to have a great chemistry with Bryce Young. He always has, but I think that that's now starting to, you know, transition to actual game days. But then you also got guys like Kobe Prentice, 
do I think can handle volume? I will be very curious to see how Alabama uses them. What type of responsibilities do they put on his shoulders, you know, in his first ever college action? Uh, do they, you know, limit him to just playing in the slot or do they move him around a little bit? I think that will be pretty telling. Uh, I, I, you know, the way that I put it is I want to see how Kobe Prentice is used. I want to see where Kobe Prentice is used and I want to see how often he's used. Um, and so that will be something to look out for. I think that he can be the best of the bunch. I really do. I liked him a lot coming out of high school. I think he was a smooth player. He can create, you know, for himself after the catch, electric style, and, and really works extremely well in that RPO style of, you know, the quick slants and things like that. So as we've progressed through the offseason, I've gone from thinking Jermaine Burton was going to be that heavily used number one early on to thinking, you know, I think you could at least get three or four guys involved and it'd be fairly balanced. Because I also think Ja'Cory Brooks is going to get some usage. And then you got to start, you know, thinking to yourself, okay, what happens when JoJo Earl comes back? The coaching staff had loved how he was progressing through the offseason. So, you know, a lot of different ways that you could go with that. But if I had to pick one guy, I still think it's probably going to be Jermaine Burton just because Nick Saban has talked about him being the most consistent player at that position pretty much for the entire offseason. You haven't heard anything just – you know, uh, groundbreaking about him, you know, through fall camp. But I just think that it was mm-hmm. kind of like we didn't hear a whole lot about Tim Smith and then he ends up emerging as a starter and took a guy's job. So I think with Jermaine Burton, I would still assume he's the number one guy. But I think they have a little bit more balance as far as how they're going to distribute their targets and snap share. Clint, thank you, my man. Tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Clint Arland. But nowadays, I feel like I'm spending most of my time over on the Talk of Champions message boards. Uh, at Bama Insiders, only a dollar to join for the entire year, so definitely go subscribe. And guys, I really appreciate y'all having me on. Clint, thank you. You bet. Clint Lamb, Bama Insider, also on Three Media, joining us, and uh, great stuff there. Lars, what we got coming up on the other side? Yeah, on the other side, quarterback C.J. Stroud of Ohio State just went over the hearts and the wallets of his teammates. More to come. God. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. A national championship team covering a national... ...can be the source of truth for your entire company. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash radar. NetSuite.com slash radar. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 92. Tonight fair with the low at 71. For tomorrow, partially sunny and more humid. A chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. there and Lars give us some of the uh, context uh, to that you kind of teased it uh, going out there but uh, hearing from him and what he's doing for his his team yeah so that was after practice I I believe yesterday 
and uh, he just got up in front of the team and and said that he was giving them all $500 gift cards uh, so they all could get new suits, game day suits. And, hey, if you uh, if you look good, you play good. But, uh, you know, Matt and I did the rough math on this. If 75 guys dress, that's 75 new suits. That translates to about $37,000. But he's probably going to get more than 75 suits, probably around 90. Uh, and that would be about $40,000 that he just gave his teammates. And, uh, you know, I, I, you clearly emerge as the leader of the team if you're giving everybody money and yeah. Uh, yeah you're just giving away forty thousand dollars and uh, i'm jay i'm just wondering if we're going to see more and more of this I, i'm guessing we are the guys who are really benefiting off nil they want to share it with their teammates uh the ones who won't be getting these lucrative nil deals and cj stroud what, what a great gesture yeah i mean i hope it does i hope more guys can benefit from it uh, on the entire team and probably went out and worked a deal with a, a suit company and uh, probably they said hey we'll give you five hundred dollars <laughs> per and we know we're going to get an upsell about to a thousand so we'll still get five hundred dollars we'll either break even or we'll make a little money off of it and get t- tons of promotion from it so a smart move all the way around it truly sounds like something jay barker would have done right <laughs> when you've done that 93 uh the yes, other thing is, is you just mentioned this, it yeah. about yeah well I know quarterbacks at the college level are already doing this. They're taking their linemen out. I know that as a fact that's going on right now. But it kind of lays to rest a little bit of the, there's going to be tension in the locker room. There's not at Ohio State. No. It's a a great thing. It's a great example, too. And and, and all the quarterbacks, as Lars said, across the country are going to see this. And uh, they don't want to be upped by the other big-time quarterbacks. And the linemen, they're going to get looks in the locker room like, "Uh, did you see the C.J. Stroud? A thing today? Anybody, anybody see that? <laughs> <laughs> right in front of the quarterbacks. And, All right, uh, let's take a look we'll back. The fact that <laughs> number two is uh, coming Jay, up just next. Really... And we got Steve Irvine as well from UAB, talking UAB. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner, and you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Two days away from Alabama, Utah State, and also tonight, UAB. If you're in Birmingham, Alabama, or surrounding areas, they have got Alabama A&M. And uh, that game starting at 7 o'clock, and uh, you can watch it on CBS Sports Network. Uh, But it'll be the debut for Coach Bryant Vincent, uh, who is replacing Coach Bill Clark, who will be dearly missed after bringing that program back from the ashes and uh, able to get it back to winning championships, not just back, but winning championships and playing it. Such a high level. I know uh, Coach Vincent and all the UAB folks are excited about that game tonight against Alabama A&M. Down at Protective Stadium right here in Birmingham, the brand-new stadium. You'll absolutely love it if you get out there. Right there beside it is our presenting sponsor. That is Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll love it. We call it the bowling of this generation and uh, tons of events, activities always going on out there. But it's just fun to go out there with friends, family, coworkers, and just have a great time, whether it's during the day or at night. Go check it out for yourself. Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, we got Steve Irvine is going to be joining us. We'll talk about that UAB matchup coming up tonight. And uh, Steve will be with us here in about uh, 10 minutes as we'll uh, get his thoughts on the matchup between uh, UAB, uh, UAB and Alabama State. All right, let's go back to uh, one of the topics we brought up earlier, and we only briefly talked about it. And, and big implications, and that is the playoffs and what's going to happen uh, as the uh, playoff committee gets together and looking for the expansion. The, the expansion talks have really reignited, and uh, this Friday meeting coming up tomorrow could create larger field as soon as 2024. Uh, so uh, with the FBS commissioner slow to act, university presidents are aiming to avoid leaving money on the table and that's what they're looking at as far as 2024. Now, they'll need a unanimous vote by the 11 members of the board. And if enacted, expansion would likely triple access to the playoff from the current four team members and get it to 12. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, Matt, I'll go to you first on this. And Do you like it? Do you like getting the 12 teams, giving more opportunities to more conferences, more schools, and probably more of the uh, not only Power Five, but, uh, you know, Group of Five? Well, you know me. Stay out of my yard, Matt. Uh, no, I'm for this. Uh, at first, I really wasn't even sure I wanted the playoffs 15, 20 years ago when we started this. But I like mm-hmm. it. Man, does it build excitement. Uh, and four, eight would be better. <clears throat> I think Lars is going to tell you in a minute he likes a 16. Uh, that's that's a little. But I think 12 is good. But there are a couple of things in this particular article that I think ring true. And let's face it, Lars, it's all about the bins, right? Mm-hmm. 
$450 million estimated loss by not continuing this. That's crazy. Another thing, and if you guys are looking at the same article I am, I want to read you the last, second to last paragraph. The parents, the parents, the presidents also met virtually earlier this month and briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with one idea placing the FBS under the governance of the CFP. That could potentially be uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot on the line here. And uh, it, sort of reading into this, this is really, it's, this is a crescendo moment. This is a huge moment uh, potentially in the history of college football because the presidents are frustrated with the commissioners. And that, that the commissioners couldn't get it done. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, it, 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 it's certainly not Greg Sankey's fault. This whole thing was sabotaged by other commissioners um, because it looked like it was a done deal uh, for playoff expansion. And then it, it, got, uh, it got sort of hijacked at the last moment. But, uh, you know, according to multiple sources, uh, if the vote is unanimous among the, uh, among the board of uh, managers – and that and that's composed, as you said, Jay, of a presidential representative from each FBS conference and Notre Dame. If it's unanimous, and it, it, it certainly looks like it will be, that that will open the path for expansion as early as 2024. So very soon, very soon. And uh, a vote is possible on the expansion model that could shape the next evolution of college football's postseason also, that could take place very soon. And there is growing momentum for a 16-team field. I think that the 12-team model, uh, that remains the favorite because uh, the commissioner spent a year examining and vetting that particular proposal. Uh, but um, it, it, it's uh, the 16-team the, the proposal is still on the table. But make no mistake, the 12-team model is the, is the favorite and um, and look, uh, the the CFP is in the final four years of their contract with ESPN, uh, and that expires after the 2025 playoff. So, in order to expand before that contract expires, uh, you got you have to have the unanimous vote, and then the the management continue. Uh, sorry, the management committee again, the 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbuck. Um, they would, uh, they ultimately would vote again. So, uh, long story short, uh, I think, uh, suddenly this is kind of out of nowhere, but, uh, behind the scenes, the, the university presidents have been, okay, enough is enough. We need to take control of the situations. The commissioners couldn't get it done. We will get it done. Let's hope they can. And yes, I am in favor of a 16 team field. Why? Because it means more football. <laughs> well, you simple. know, that's on the surface. And, and, You're and, right. And, 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 and I, I do believe, and, and Tim Brando has said this, it, it, it's, it's created, the 14 the playoff has created a competitive un, uh, unbalance. Is that a word? Uh, imbalance. <laughs> it, imbalance. Thank you. Uh, competitive imbalance because the, the marquee teams, Alabama, Ohio State especially, in the playoffs every single year, uh, they get more exposure every single year. They're the best teams. The best players want to play for those teams. They get the exposure. They're putting guys into the NFL. 
And uh, and I think it would level the playing field a little bit. Would you, you have buys? Uh, I, again, I don't know exactly. I want how you to structure it for me right, right now. Yeah, on the on the fly here. Uh, sixteen teams. Oh, you you go sixteen, eight, four, two, one. No, there would be no buys. But you would have uh, you'd have you'd have uh, uh, games played on on uh, at universities. I love that. In, at home sites and. I, I don't know. It could be fun. Uh, yeah, is if Alabama's ranked number one, would the number sixteen team in the country come into Bryant Denny and beat them? Probably not. Probably not. But, but you got to you got a boxer's chance, right? Yeah. I mean, there is a Rocky but out that, there. It would add. Let's see. Uh, what th- four more games if you win the if you make it to the national championship game? Uh, but like I said, I, I think the twelve team model remains the favorite. Okay, Jay. Your uh, your assessment of all of this and, and what you would like to see happen. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you look at it uh, right now. We brought some of the numbers there. Uh, $600 million is what the playoff is getting now. So they're talking about 12-team playoff been valued at $1.2 billion annually uh, for the CFP. That's huge money. Um, the subcommittee commissioners developed a 12-team bracket that was favorable, received back in June 2021. The model it includes the six automatic qualifier, uh, qualifiers, excuse me, the six highest-ranked conference champions and six at-large teams. That would likely be the format adopted if expansion settles on 12 teams. Now, again, they want to get to the 12 teams and, and maybe ultimately in the future expand to 16 teams for the playoff that the board agrees to increase the field thus far. So it looks like it's going to happen. Um, I mean, I think they're getting a lot of favorable reviews from the fans, from a lot of the presidents, uh, the schools. And, and again, it's, it's just more exposure, more chances for teams. You know, here's the great thing about a 12 or 16 team, even though I love the four because Alabama's dominated it, yes. But from a, the sports perspective, if you get a chance to get number one, more fan bases thinking, hey, we got a chance. Now you got 16 fan bases excited. I mean, you're going to sell more stuff. You're going to create more NIL opportunities. Hey, we made the playoffs. They're probably going to ha- hang banners saying we made the 16 or 12 team uh, playoffs. So that's a good thing or get a ring for the guys and they're going to celebrate it. Right. Just like they do the tournament. Uh, you make the tournament 16 or 12 teams. The other thing is that there's teams that are going to get better throughout the year. Teams that are going to increase depth because of players experience or teams that are going to have injuries that are going to make them not as competitive. Uh, so you're going to get the ebbs and flow of how the game is played that you have to work through adversity in order to go on and win a championship or that you overcome early adversity through injuries and guys get healthy. Then you become a better team late in the year, even if you had maybe two losses uh, at the beginning of the year. So there's a lot of upside to it to really get the most competitive field of teams out there competing for a championship. But more importantly, I think it is about the exposure. All right, let's take a break. We got Steve Irvine coming up next. We'll talk about UAB Alabama A&M tonight at Protective Stadium, downtown Birmingham. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the Ava Child. And knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon, Tuscaloosa's high 92. Tonight, fair with the low at 71. Or tomorrow, partially sunny and more humid. A chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Long ago, when explorers searched uncharted lands, 
They mark the darkest, most perilous places on their maps with three words. Here be dragons. It was a warning. Great danger for all those who ventured where they didn't belong. Turn back and find only misfortune, fury, and fire. So if you've come to try and claim this turf, beware. This is uncharted territory. And here be... Two days away from Alabama, Utah State, but tonight you got UAB and Alabama State, and uh, they'll be playing at Protective Stadium, seven o'clock. You can watch it on the SEC Sports Network. Sorry, I'm sorry, CBS Sports Network, and uh, have a chance to uh, watch uh, the UAB Blazers and uh, the debut for uh, Coach Bryant Vincent. I think we're awaiting. Uh, Steve, are you there? I think I may hear him on the on the phone line. Steve, you, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Jay, how y'all doing? Man, doing awesome. Steve Irwin joining us, talking about this matchup coming up tonight. But uh, first of all, it is the debut for Coach Brian Vincent. Uh, let's start there. We had a chance to interview him yesterday, and he seems excited about it, but some extra responsibilities that come along with that. Oh, no doubt. But, boy, he seems calm, doesn't he? I, he I don't know what's going on inside of him, but uh, outwardly he's pretty calm, you know, and uh, and, and I think that's a good sign. But, um, yeah, we'll see We'll see what uh, how much different his uh, his game day is, this, you know, this, uh, this week. I mean, obviously – He's still going to call the plays, uh, so you know we'll see. You know how different it is for him. He's always been well. He's kind of been on the sideline and in the booth, depending on you know what game. But you know, I think he enjoys being on the sideline more. So I mean, I don't think that's going to be adjusting for him. But uh, you know, we'll see. What do you think the personality of this offense is going to be? Uh, you have Dylan Hopkins coming back. He played really well last year. Completed sixty six percent of his passes. And then you also have a pretty good one-two rushing combination with uh, uh, Wayne, uh, Dwayne McBride and, and Jermaine Brown. What, what, what are you expecting this offense to look like? I don't expect it to look a lot different than it has in the past, which means it's going to start with those two guys. It's going to start with the guys up front and Dwayne McBride and, and Jermaine Brown. I mean, I think those two are so special. I mean, they really believe that both those guys are, you know, can play in the NFL, you know, and, uh, and, and they believe Dwayne McBride is, is, you know, by the end of the year can show that he's one of the top, you know, certainly top 10 backs in the country. I mean, they think he's that good. And so I think it's going to start there. I mean, I, I don't, I think you'd be crazy not to start it there with those two guys. And, uh, you know, and, and plus I think that's a little bit of Brian Vincent's personality, you know, not as much as Bill Clark. I mean, Bill Clark obviously, you know, had to start there. That's what his, you know, what his belief was. But I do think it'll start with those two guys and, and and the good thing is with uh, Dylan Hopkins, uh, you know, I think he's got such a good grasp on on you know the college football and their offense that you know if they if uh, if they need uh, what else they need, he's he, you know he's going to be able to provide it to them. But it certainly starts with those two running backs. 
Uh, you have great piece on 1819 News, and it's about uh, kind of the signature on this team could be quarterback that Lars just mentioned in Dylan Hopkins because uh, that position with injuries and all has been up and down for the last two or three seasons. We see stability there now. Having said all that, I've buried my lead here. Could he play and start in the Southeastern Conference? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, obviously – and not at every, not every Southeastern Conference school, but uh, you know, I, I think there's some schools that uh, you know, if they get him in there, you know, I don't think he'd start day one in, in, in any of those places. But I think if they get him in there and and tailor him to what uh, what they do, and you know, he's talented. Now, he, you know, he was a guy that coming out of high school, he could have went Power Five. You know, North Carolina was one of them. There was uh, there were three or four schools that came in on late Power Five schools, no SEC schools, but they were you know Power Five schools and. Uh, you know, he was just loyal to he, – he had, he had developed a great relationship with Brian Vincent already and, you know, was loyal to UAB. But he could play Power 5. I You know, I don't know where he'd fit in the SEC, but I, he's talented now. I mean, he, you know, again, you could get him in your system and it, it would take him a couple of years, but, you know, he certainly could play at that level, I would think. Well, I, I certainly sorry, meant sorry about no that. That's my bad. Harm or foul. I, I, sorry about that. I muted myself. Well, no, it's okay. <laughs> okay. The, uh, the I, I agree. I, I think Dylan. I think Dylan could play. To be honest, I, I really do. I think he could play. Um, you know, he may not be able to go in where there's a, a, a top guy right now, but uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of Power Five schools out there that I think Dylan would have a, a really good shot at. He's very athletic and um, accurate thrower. He's, he's got all, all the tools and can make all the throws. And he's a good athlete. I mean, he can run around, and make plays. I think that's probably yeah. one of the keys for him as well. Yeah, and that's a, that's, that's a great thing to hit on, Jay, because I think that he hasn't really been able to show his athleticism, uh, you know, since he's been at UAB because he's been banged up every year. Now he shows he shows flashes of it for sure, but but I, but you know he's been banged up every year. I mean he's played through injuries, so he hasn't really been able to show that part of his game, and that part of his game is really good. So you know I think with him being healthy this year. You might see a little bit, a little bit more of that side of his athleticism, running the football, you know, um, and making people pay, you know, in that way. Yeah, and go back to so, we were talking earlier just about uh, the, the, the the other side of the ball, Alabama A uh, and M, and this matchup coming up tonight. And for them, I mean, this is a team that can throw the ball. I mean, they, they've got a, a really yeah. good passing game. I think last year, averaging I think over three hundred sixty, three hundred sixty five yards somewhere in there uh, per game. And uh, the quarterback, I think, big quarterback. Uh, a, 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 is it a quill glass? I think it is. Uh, loaded receiving core group of guys, and um, and and really got a really good back as well. Uh, talk about their offense and, and what they've got. I think I think UAB should do well against their defense. Defense didn't seem to have a big pass rush last year, and and really had a hard time stopping opponents. Yeah, well, they, now they they will throw the ball. There's no doubt. They've got some talented players there, but a, a quill glass is actually gone. He, um, if you he look on the website, they they still have a 2021. Roster up there. It looks like he's, he's here. I think they're trying to uh, play a little game there. Uh, he, he's gone. He was he was actually with the uh, he was with the in camp with the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Bucks and uh, not camp, but you know some preseason stuff. So he's gone. But but you know with Connell Maynard, he, he you know he's he, they're going to have a good quarterback. And they're going to have a good passing game. They have Abraham Abraham, uh, one of their wide receivers, is an All American. Uh, you know, they have a couple different quarterbacks that they're trying to figure out, uh, you know, who, where they're going to go in that way, but they'll be good, uh, and, and they'll throw the ball. And, you know, and that's one thing, kind of like a, 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 on the theme of, of, you know, glass is, is it's really kind of hard to tell 
just how good they're going to be because because you know you don't really have an updated roster. I, you know you have a you have a uh, two deep that's um, that's basically just filled with transfers, filled with transfer portal guys. You know some some attorneys. You know and their attorneys are good. Ibrahim's one of them. Uh, Gary Quarles, a running back, is is back and he's very good. A thousand yard, almost a thousand yard rusher. Uh, but it's just they're just kind of a mystery right now because you just don't know. What's going to happen? And that's sort of the, you know, especially at, at this level, at that level, that's sort of the transfer portal world. You know, you can just, you, you just fill in and, and you, you really going into the opener, you don't know what to expect. And that's kind of where UAB is right now with them. And, you know, they, they know a little bit and they've been able to find some, but, but I think they're just kind of going in with, okay, this is what they like to do more than this is who's going to be doing it. Cause they don't really know who's going to be doing it. So I think that's kind of, uh, a little, it's, it's a little unknown for sure. We spoke with uh, head coach Bryant Vincent earlier this week, and, and he told us that he, he talks to Bill Clark all the time. And uh, Bill Clark made his first public appearance since having the back surgery that forced him into retirement uh, about 10 days ago at the uh, Vestavia Country Club, and he appeared in really good spirits. And this is going to be a speculation question. Um, do you think Bill Clark ever coaches again? Uh, yes, I do. I, you know, I had, I had a nice talk with Bill at that at that event, and uh, you know, obviously he didn't commit to that he was going that he was going to um, coach again, uh, but he didn't commit that he wasn't going to coach again either. So I, I think he does. Uh, and I, I I I really after talking to him, really liked the way he. Um, uh, he seemed to feel, you know, I mean, it seemed like obviously there's still pain there and there's still a long recovery process, but, uh, you know, he seemed, he seemed in good shape. He seemed really good. And, and, and so I, I think he will, I, you know, I think, I think there's, um, there's just that fire still burning in him, you know, now what we don't know and what he doesn't know is exactly how the back's going to heal down the road right now. It feels pretty good. Uh, but you know, if, if there's a setback, who knows? And, and, and it's, it's easier to feel good when, you're not really when you're not coaching. I mean, when you're not on the practice field, when you're not, you know, uh, moving around all the time. So it, it's hard to say for sure what's going to happen. My gut feeling is at some point he will be back on the football field. Yeah, he, he's only 54, uh, so yeah. he's a relatively young I man. Think he's I mean, back. I, I agree with Steve 100%. Is, is he back at UAB? Uh, yeah. I no. So. I, you know, no. Not, not if no. Brian Vincent goes 10 and 0. Oh. You don't think so? Well, I. No, I, I think I think, and and he certainly, you know, I mean, he well, he said this in the ESPN article that that he he feels like his UAB chapter is closed, and and um and I and I'm not surprised by that because you know I think that obviously obviously UAB means the world to him. There's no doubt, and it's you know kind of like his baby type thing. And and but I also think he's he's such a competitor, you know, and as all coaches are. That, that I think he's ready for another challenge. If if he goes back, I think he's ready for another challenge. He feels like, in my mind, he feels like, and he certainly didn't tell me this. This is just me, you know, just conjecture. But but he, I think he feels like he's done what he could there, and and he did great things. And now now you know what's my next challenge, you know, type thing. If he if he goes back to the football field, but I, I don't, you know, like I say he said in the he, he didn't tell me, but he did say in the ESPN article that Scarborough, which was a wonderful article. Um, that um, that he 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 feels like his uh, you know UAB chapter's closed and and he's going to move on. Steve, as always, great stuff, my man. Thanks for being with us. I right, appreciate Steve. you guys.
All right, right, Steve Irvine and uh, talking UAB Blazers again tonight at 7 o'clock, CBS Sports. You can watch it and go down to Protective Stadium. It should be a big crowd there tonight. I think they've already pre-sold 31 to 35,000 tickets, which is great for the Blazers. And uh, as you know, Alabama A&M is going to travel very, very well. Lars, what you got coming up on the other side? Actually, it's Matt here. Matt, what Um, you got? Okay. When you arrived, when when you guys were going on your family trips, did your father ever turn around and say, if you kids don't stop, I'm turning this car around? Absolutely. I, I have the Absolutely. ultimate in that. The ultimate dad moment is coming up. And the other one was, if you ask me again how long it is till we get there, <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. So cute. <laughs> You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds. 
built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Stadium in downtown Birmingham, and uh, also uh, earlier Clint Lamb talking about Alabama and Utah State coming up on Saturday night down at Brian Denny Stadium. You can see it on the SEC Network as well, starting at six thirty, and uh, some really great information from uh, Clint Lamb, Alabama Insider, and On Three Media. Matt, you had a tease going into the break talking about traveling with your parents. All right, uh, this literally goes up a couple of notches. There's a Southwest Airlines plane on the tarmac, headed for takeoff, headed for Kabul. And someone on the plane started airdropping nude photos and videos. (laughs) The pilot got on the intercom and said, if you don't stop this, I'm turning this plane around and we're going back to the gate. (laughs) And? And they stopped. I mean, you're gonna. And he said, "By the way, you're gonna risk going to Cabo here. Come on now." So they stopped and they flew to Cabo, just just like your kids will straighten up when your dad says, "I'll turn this car around." <laughs> well, the thing is, my kids know that I won't, uh, <laughs> because I'm just. <laughs> I, I, no I'm not the, Lars. I'm, yeah, there isn't. There isn't. Uh, hey, real quick. Last night, Lincoln uh, playing uh, second grade flag football. First scrimmage, three carries, three touchdowns, each for fifty yards. Three ran for one hundred and fifty. He's he's amazing. He's amazing, Jay. He's he's going to be the next uh, Heisman Trophy winner for Alabama at uh, running back. (laughs) Well, pretty uh, awesome. uh, You know what? Here's what I hope you're right because I would like to be here to see it. I mean, because that's what fifteen years from now. Yeah, yeah. You going to do his nil deal? (laughs) Yes. Who are you going to go to first? Already, go to the Jay Barker, Jay Barker, Jay Barker show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
No, it, it's just it's, it's so much fun. I just say it, it it is hard to describe to uh, people who aren't dads to see what's it like seeing your son. And both of you guys know this, and Jay, you especially, because yeah, you, your kids have performed at such a high level. Just how gratifying it is, and it's it's much more in enriching and invigorating than anything I ever did, you know, athletically, Jay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the most uh, excited, the most nervous, the most anticipated, or anticipating a game or whatever that I yeah, ever been or ever was as a player myself. I mean, I, I got more nervous watching them than I ever did playing. I think because you feel like you can do something when you're out there and you kind of get lost in the game. But uh, yeah, there's no no greater joy than that. But yeah, I remember those those trips though, Matt. Um, you know, you'd be like, "How much longer? <laughs> Don't ask me that again." You know, let's play a game. You know, so let's I spy. <laughs> you know, then that's the games we play oh, now. Oh, oh, there's a good kids, topic. Yeah, kids don't. They don't. We, we, I tried with mine many years, and uh, to do that, those type of games going down and like fun stuff or whatever. And they, actually, early on, it was it was it was that way. And then all of a sudden, electronics came in, and then it was the uh, PSPs and uh, different games and iPads and all that. And man, they didn't they didn't say a word. I mean, you'd get there, and they're still working on their stuff, and you're like, hey, we're here. <laughs> yeah, y'all want to get out and play? Best thing was uh, when I, I I got the family ride. I got the van, and it had video in it. Yeah. And we drive all the way to the beach, and they they just keep watching Disney after Disney after Disney. And then we get there and we hit the beach. It, it was perfect. Not car game. Name one, Lars. Other than I Spy, uh, Slug Bug. What's that? You don't know Slug Bug? Yeah. I, I know. It's, it's when you we saw one called Doodle Bug. It's, it's when you see a VW yeah. Beetle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't see many of them anymore. But you say Slug Bug Yellow, and then you hit somebody in the in the arm as hard as you can. I remember. <laughs> Jay, you got another one? Yeah. Well, I don't know the name of it, but it's the one where you try to guess the tag uh, that where the where the state uh, the tag that what state it is before you can see the state. Until you get that close, you just kind of look at it, and you're trying to figure it out before everybody else does in the car. Wait, my mom used to play some word game off billboards, and you had to find one from yeah. A, find one from B, and go yeah. all the way through the alphabet. That. It yeah. was uh, it was difficult, and you, I remember one letter that you wouldn't think is tough, but it was J. Oddly mm-hmm. enough, J. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway. I think I think we've uh, taken this. I'll turn this yeah. car around. Yeah, well, a little I, bit too guys, long. I, I did want to just talk about what the game of the night tonight, and that is uh, Pitt, West Virginia. Um, the schools they're separated by seventy-seven miles. It's uh, the renewal of uh, the uh, backyard brawl, and uh, and it, it's a pretty intriguing game. And I, I don't know if we've ever had two transfer quarterbacks from the same school facing off against each other at two separate schools, right? Uh, JT Daniels, who started at, at USC, is uh, going to be uh, the, the quarterback for uh, West Virginia. And I've heard that he's looked really good in, uh, in in practice. And then going against Pitt and their quarterback, former USC player, Keaton Slovis. And uh, Slovis, uh, 
I, I, he's got NFL potential. I mean, I think he could be a, an early round pick. And so uh, I, this is going to, you know, these two teams, they, they don't like each other because they're so close to one another. Uh, Pitt is favored by, by seven and a half. Kickoff is uh, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. And uh, it, it should be it should be a good game, a, a rivalry game. Um, Jay, just uh, do you have any 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 thoughts on this uh, on this? I mean, you know, Pitt is they're they're the, de- the defending ACC champs. Uh, they had Kenny Pickett, who is a Heisman Trophy finalist. He obviously went to the NFL, uh, first round pick uh, to um, uh, to Pittsburgh, um, and they also lost uh, Jordan Addison. And this is weird. He he won the Blitnikoff Award with Pitt. And he, tra- yeah. he, go- he gets in the transfer portal, and where does he go? He goes to USC, right? <laughs> where the two starting quarterbacks tonight are from. Um, and, and, and he could be a huge addition, by the way, out at, out at USC for Caleb, Caleb Williams. Yeah. But, um, yeah, J- Jay, just, you, you have any, any thoughts on, the, on this game tonight, West Virginia Pitt? I'll give you. Uh, that, and I don't really have a lot of thoughts, but other than it's great to have the, brack- the backyard uh, brawl back. That's what they call it, the backyard brawl. It's been an 11-year hiatus. Uh, since this game has been played. But I tell you, he had a lot to say about it was Pac-Man Jones. I don't know if you guys saw his comments that he had on a local radio station there. They were interviewing him, and uh, he went off. And F-word, F-bomb, eat, uh, S, you know, you pieces of whatever else. And he went off and off talking about uh, this game, and they finally had to cut him off. Now, he did afterwards apologize, claiming he thought he was on satellite radio, not local over-the-air radio. So, this will be uh, coming up the 105th meeting between the two schools, which are separated by just 75 miles. You brought up the first time, again, since 2011. A lot of first times since 2011. Uh, West Virginia has won three, uh, won the three previous meetings, but Pitt enters this year's game as the heavily favored as number 17 preseason ranking, following an 11-3 season. So, no, I don't have a lot of thoughts about it, but Pac-Man did. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't like the opponent. Wow. I'll say one, one more thing. Pat Narduzzi, the, uh, the Pitt coach, he told his players, "Don't give him any bulletin board material. Don't give him any this bulletin board material." And his pep rally is either yesterday or the day before. Keaton Slovis, he, he he talks to the crowd. He turns to walk away, and then he wait, he turns around, grabs a mic, and he says, "Blank West Virginia." <laughs> <laughs> Like okay, uh, these these two teams just don't like each other, and uh, yeah, and, and Pac Man, yeah, he's he's got quite the mouth on him sometimes. You know, interestingly, Pac Man Jones he adopted Chris Henry's son. Chris Henry, former wide receiver at West Virginia, uh, played with Pac Man the, for the Bengals, and then died tragically in uh, sort of a domestic uh, uh, a domestic instance with. Uh, I think his maybe ex-girlfriend or, or, or ex-wife, uh, he jumped out of the back of a truck uh, that was moving at a high rate of speed and lost his life. But Pac-Man has adopted his son, and he's really being uh, – you, you wouldn't think this, but he's, no, he, he's being a great dad to him. And this kid, uh, Chris Henry's son, looks exactly like, his, like Chris Henry, like his dad. And he's a he's a high level wide receiver being recruited all around the country now. So anyway, Wasn't that, that little tidbit about Pac Man that had the Las Vegas incident making it rain and and a security guard ended up shot and paralyzed. I think that's that him. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure that was him. It's good to know there is a good good part of him. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's, that's a, that's there's a very noble he, thing to he's do. He's a layered complex guy, Pac Man Jones. Oh. Uh, 
Okay. Anyway. We can go with that. <laughs> All right. What we have to go with right now, or, or maybe we use this as a tease, who is Lars' pick of the night? I think we ought to make this uh, a regular segment. Yeah, don't give okay. us a, don't Who's give us Lars losing with tonight? Lars yeah. is losing. Yeah. Lars is losing. Yeah. Always go opposite of what I pick. <laughs> but to get the old Guaranteed Leonard's Losers uh, music back for Lars. Do the old uh, <laughs> the whole segment. Lars is losers. The um, so um, one thing real quick before we go to break. Uh, last night watching, I, I love watching the U.S. Open. This is my favorite time of the year. U.S. Open and and uh, college football getting started. But Serena Williams uh, beats the number two player in the country, and or number two player in the world, excuse me. And unbelievable match. And I mean, she pulled it out. But it's funny. Uh, some of the tennis players came away from it the last two days saying that they kept smelling marijuana. Uh, I don't know. If they, and so now Wimbledon has come out and said, no, that's just the kitchens. The, the, the food we're preparing and all that, that the smell that you're smelling. So I thought that was pretty funny uh-huh. that uh, the players are smelling marijuana on the court. You're in Flushing, New York. What else are you going to smell? Right? <laughs> you don't think yeah. a, a little waft is going to come over the stadium? <laughs> no, I, there are actually foods that do smell a lot like them. And, and there are other plants that do as well. So, boy, it sure would be nice to see her go out a winner, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, hey, Serena Williams just beat the number two player in the world, so yeah. uh, she definitely can do it. But the the thing is, she's playing doubles as well uh, with her sister Venus, and it today. Uh, you know yeah. that that's yeah, it starts today. And so you know, just typically, if she wasn't playing doubles, she would have the day off to to rest and recuperate and get treatment. And uh, it, it's just she hasn't played very much tennis, Jay, Six over the matches. last year. Yeah. yeah, six matches in, what, a year or so. Yep. And so you just have to wonder about her conditioning and whether or not she can keep it going. But, man, it would be a great, great story if she could win this thing in her final tournament. And it would just be so fitting because she is – She, I, I don't think she's just the greatest female tennis player of all time. I think she's the greatest tennis player of all time. Hard to argue that. Hard. Yeah, she's one of the greatest athletes of all time. What she's accomplished and, and what her and her sister accomplished together – it's just unbelievable that you'd have uh, two sisters dominate tennis the way that they did. And the way that she played last night, if she keeps up that consistency, and especially with her serves, um, she's got a shot. You know, the key is going to be whether or not how her body reacts over these next few days um, and, uh, and week, I guess, uh, in order to be in that championship and have a chance to play for it. If she does, the crowds have been unbelievable. Everybody thinks it's her last one. Tiger yeah. was there last night sitting in her booth uh, along with a ton of other celebrities all throughout uh, that place. It was packed all the way to the ceiling, the largest venue for tennis in the world, and uh, packed out for Serena Williams in a round two matchup. That's unbelievable. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. we got largest loser on the other side coming up. Stay with us. (laughs) You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide. Gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code PAID for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code PAID. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high 92. Tonight fair with the low at 71. For tomorrow, partially sunny and more humid. A chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. The high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Nation. Don't forget UAB Alabama A&M tonight. Again, that 7 o'clock game uh, kickoff. You can watch it on CBS Sports. Also go down to Protective Stadium. Over 30,000 tickets have already been pre-sold for that. So uh, it tells me Alabama A&M's bringing a big crowd as well and uh, may see a, a great stadium look tonight uh, for the uh, UAB Blazers. Um, real quick before we get to Lars's losers, or loser, whichever one it is, uh, just maybe y'all remember something. 22 best games to play in the car. Name the artist. In other words, you play a radio okay. song right, or what's on the radio. Uh, the license plate yeah. game I brought up. The grocery game. Choose your first player and ask them to think of an item you can purchase at the grocery store. Everyone else in the car takes turns guessing what it might be asking, uh, might be by asking a question. You go through all that. All right, what color is it? The alphabet game you brought up, Matt, with your mom talking about finding the letters from A through Z yeah. uh, on the different signs. Road trip scavenger hunt. Uh, punchy Bunchy, or Punch Bunch, I'm sorry, Punch Buggy is what Lars brought up. I spy, yeah. I talked about that at the very beginning. 20 questions, we've heard that one. Uh, triple 20 threat. Questions. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. yeah. Triple threat is one category, ABCs, car color search, would you rather? <laughs> that can get interesting. Uh, in my suitcase. Oh, boy. Name, That's an adult name game. Yeah, I think the kids <laughs> need to stay in the back. <laughs> Sing, sing along challenge, uh, the movie game, hypotheticals, count the animals, top ten game that have the family come up with top ten favorite models. Maybe you're a musical uh, fanatic and you want to do that as well. Uh, ask everyone in the car to volunteer their favorites until you get to ten. Uh, and backseat bingo, and uh, backseat bingo, pretty cool. Each player, that. yeah. Uh, that's, that's yeah. You actually, I think games. you had a card and you played with that. Yes. Cool. Cool. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing All right. All right. So I'm I'm going to go uh, straight at the the game of the night. Uh, West Virginia versus Pittsburgh. West Virginia is a uh, is is getting seven and a half points. So Pitt is the favorite. And uh, if you if you look at this game, uh, Keaton Slovis, the uh, the quarterback at Pitt. He really regressed last in his last season at USC. He ended up losing his starting job, and uh, and then you look at JT Daniels when he was at Georgia and he was healthy. He absolutely lit it up. He lit it up. He's very very good. And uh, also uh, the Mountaineers, uh, they have a, a veteran offensive line, and and it also is going to help big time that uh, West Virginia's head coach Neil Brown. He brought in JT Daniels, offensive coordinator from USC in 2019 in Graham Harrell. All this to say, I think West Virginia wins tonight and uh, upsets Pitt. I'm, I'm going to take those seven and a half points and I'm laying it large on West Virginia, which means everyone out there should take Pitt. Yes, I like exactly. the Neil Brown deal. Lawrence is loser. Troy got it. Hey, Matt, you got a great story <laughs> locally, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Josh, play last night, second at-bat for Gunnar Henderson in a Baltimore Orioles uniform. On a 2-2, Henderson drills one, right center field and deep, and gone! Oh my goodness! His first major league hit is his first major league home run. The helmet is long gone, as is the ball. His parents were there. They're from Selma. He went to Morgan Academy, little bitty school. And over the past couple of years, he's been moving up the ranks, become the number one baseball prospect in all of the minors. In his second at-bat, I mean, it's 429 feet. I mean, it was a no-doubter. Wow. And with all of the celebration and all that, you know what I like the best about it? He ran. He didn't showboat. His helmet came off. He said afterwards, I got too much hair. 
looks like Matthew McConaughey. He's 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 going to be okay in several arenas. But he he's ran got a rookie card. Uh, got a rookie card going for two point five k right now, not two point five million, but two two and a half uh, twenty five hundred. There we go. All right. Also, Utah State yeah. AD pick up uh, a book to uh, read on the way to Tuscaloosa. That's Utah State's AD posted a picture of Talty's book. If we've had John on recently, and uh, said he's going to read it on the way. Why not? Heading to Tuscaloosa. Hey, look, everybody, have a uh, great uh, Thursday. Go, again, UAB, right. Alabama, A&M tonight. We'll preview more about Alabama and Utah State as well. Come up tomorrow on the first.